0: This is the Friday, February 17, 2023 version of the Market Plus. Chris Robinson with us. If you listened to the MTOM podcast with Chris Robinson several years ago, we got into your background. You were a college football player. Yes, sir.
1: Did you hold on every single play at center? <laughs> every single play. In fact, when I, once I went from high school to college, the first thing they did is I "Okay, this is how we're going to hold and not get caught. And it was basically if you stayed in here... You were fine. The moment your hand came outside, yeah. it was a flag. Okay. And so, yes, it, everybody Confirmation, holds. Confirmation, every there's play. holding on. Every holding can play. be called every play. Every All play. Right, get that out of the way. <laughs> Cotton market. Um,
0: this is one uh, you, you wrote about this week. Uh, you said, uh, I, I cannot bang my pots and pans any longer. Are my pots and
1: pans broken? Why did you say that? Well, I was looking at a new crop. Not an old crop, sure. particularly. But... Um, been a very technical market. We had a really nasty sell-off and then a rebound. Um, The last sell-off in new crop corn, we dropped, I think it was 25 cents from 90 to 65, or don't quote from, yeah, 95 to 60. And that was the stone-cold low. And then we we rallied 17 bucks. So that was a big rally. Um, It was also 62% retracement, which is a technical thing that attracts a lot of attention out there. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't we sat there for a month and i'm like hey this is a gift it's a gift don't you're not capping the top but you know sell some bushels buy some puts and then lo and behold this this week here we finally fell out of bed they tried 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 it's like uh, you know the the wolf b- blowing down the the house it's like yeah. a huff and puff they finally blew it down now i'm not saying we can't go above that i think it was a uh, uh, 85 level or whatever it was but, um, yeah, we closed, a, yeah, we closed today at 80. Yeah, so mm-hmm. 85 forever. And then now what, what I don't want to see is nobody does anything until we go back down to 62 or 60-something 60 strange happens. Because a lot of that's depending on Chinese demand. And we talked a little bit about this earlier because everybody thought that once the lunar year was over and they reopened, China's the biggest end user and producer. I mean, they, they really dominate that market. And I think that's another thing. People got ahead of themselves thinking, okay, here comes China. China hasn't showed up. And it was like the lifeguard blew the whistle this week. You know, so, and, and cotton is a dangerous trade yeah. anyhow. So when they give you that opportunity to set a good hedge, it was there. And we'll get more opportunities the rest of the year. But it applies to all the commodities really, yes. some of that yes. same yes. knowledge. Okay, so this one, uh, let's
0: Scott, uh, start with Scott in Illinois via Twitter. If a producer <clears throat> now can see profits, At these price levels and buys 85% of crop insurance, why would he not price the other 15% now, even if it's with puts
1: to keep the upside open? Is it because of bragging rights at the coffee shop? Well, yes. I mean, at the end of the day, two things drive the market, right? Fear and greed. And last year, we all watched January, February, March, we took off, and anybody who sold too early regretted it. And then the same thing, that same fear. Let you sit through a 2 dollars break when everybody thought well here comes the weather market here comes the weather market so that's uh, i always say this in my in my program and when i work with my clients nothing beats a good cash sale at the end of the day that's what we're trying to do get you positioned to make a good cash sale and the put is the perfect way to do it but people don't want to spend the money on the put it's like you want to try and time it you can't you know it's you can't have your cake and eat it too the nice thing is now they've got these weekly options, monthly options, shorter-dated options. Back you know, 10, 12 years ago, you used to have to go up and buy 300 days' worth of time. You don't have to do that yeah. now. So the market's giving you a chance to protect when you want to. Uh, but again, the whole game, as far as I'm concerned, is getting you to make good cash sales. And if you're profitable at these levels, lock it in. You know? So. Is fear and greed driving us on why old crop Corn and beans
0: have been kind of stuck because people are hesitant. Matt Bennett, I told you between shows, said last week he found out nobody, he was surprised how many people still had grain in the bin. Yeah.
1: You were not surprised at that statement. Why are we not selling? Farmers always want to hold on to their corn and they most of them get rid of their beans. They may have a few beans left. But a lot of guys are sitting on a lot of corn, trust me. And which is great because you know we're, we're kind of waiting to see. Are we going to get a demand market? Are we going to get a weather issue? So... But what I would say is this: If you've got the grain, you need to keep a floor under it, just just in case we break out of this range. And old crop corn is, I call it the the triangle of shame. For three months we've been, we can't get above about 690, we can't get below 660. Sooner or later, and I don't know when it's going to happen, so it's going to break out. Now I've got clients that are end users that we've got calls on in case we go north of seven bucks, but I've got puts on for anybody that's worried about what. Uh, a big drop in price, and I'm talking about 30 40 cents. Some correction, somebody says something, something changes. Um, you know, not a black a sudden, swan event, you're just saying a, a simple thing, yeah, something okay. simple. Right. But, but these markets, and, and that's one thing I learned on the floor. The guys taught me corn is a grinding market, it grinds, 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 and then it moves. With soybeans, are more like <laughs> crazy, 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 but corn generally is a grinding, grinding market, and then when it goes, it goes so. Um, Rather than fall over yourself saying I know where the highs are going to be or lows are going to be, take what they're giving you, keep your protection cheap, as cheap as you can. and The the name of the game is to try and make good cash sales. But, uh, yeah, I mean, if you think there's a possibility that we get $8 corn again, which everybody wants to see. um, And I I talked to one of my guys today. I said, well, if it gets back to $8, you're not going to sell it anyhow. (laughs) You know? Because it it could get to nine. Right, right. right. So that's when a put can help you. Yeah. Yeah. and uh, so, yeah, I, I'm a glass half full person. It's nice to be where we're sitting at right now. What I don't want to see is a trip back down to the July lows. So, all right, you talk about used to just be, you know, ag was in
0: commodities. Now, as Curt Iowa reminds us, with the stock market working lower, will
1: speculators pull out of commodities and find value in stocks? I'm more concerned. I mean, the stock market it keeps hanging in there, right? It's You know, we're only about 7% or 8% off our all-time highs in the Dow, maybe a little bit worse in the the S&P. And um, so you can fall over yourself about that. Here's what I'll say about the stock market. Peter Lynch managed money for a long, long time. He averaged 30% over his year. But if you look at the people that managed, that had money with him, they only made 7% because they kept getting in and getting out and getting in and getting out. So the stock market, I think, is a longer-term issue. Um, You we will see money move if they think there's a story. That was one of the reasons we had such a good bull move off of the lows of the pandemic, because everybody wanted to own commodities, right? And looking back now, they're probably gonna study that in econ classes. We're like, wow, that was a great opportunity when everybody was scared to, to, to catch that move. This correction that we had after about the summertime, a lot of that was money coming out, gonna com- coming out, because they were like, okay, the recession's coming. We've all been told for six months the recession's gonna come. But at the end of the day, money will chase the next big idea. If we get a weather market, it's, you know, it's one click of the button and they're back long. I'm really anxious to see what the commitment of traders says when they give it back to us because that's something to look at every week. There's, it's nobody's opinion. It's the facts. You can see who's sure. bet long and who's bet short.
0: Okay, so if we don't have the commitment of traders, maybe we have another commodity that will give us an indication of what's going on. You can see this one coming from a mile away. Uh, Edwin in Alberta wants to know, Chris, what is oats now? Gentlemen, don't trade oats. That's the
1: that's they used to. Say. Oh, that's the second part of it we didn't type up. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, gentlemen, don't trade oats. Uh, that's just an old floor, acronym, anachronism, anachronism right. whatever it is. Uh, you know, oats are a thinly traded market that can move on not a whole lot of volume. We did jump about 15 cents last, last night, this being Friday. I'm not sure what the volume was. There's obviously an issue there. Somebody think that that, that the relationship between corn and oats is out of, out of a, is out of whack. Generally, people will say that sometimes uh, oats will lead us. Now, all I'm saying is, again, we're back to old crop corn. We've been in the triangle of shame. So... If it takes oats to get us to break out so we can get above 690, I'm all for it. My concern is that if corn drops below 660, because the funds, the last time we know about it, they're, they're bet long corn, they're bet long beans, and they're short wheat. So if that was the flip, and most farmers are more concerned about corn and beans, I know their guys are concerned with wheat, but uh, those are the two things. And, and as long as they're bet with the farmer, that's a positive. All right. You mentioned
0: little things that could happen. What about big things that could happen—the the black swan event—or what happens to the grain markets if Ukraine and Russia war is over? Is what William asks
1: us on Facebook this week. Well, I hope he's right. I hope that war comes gets over soon uh, because it's been, uh, you know, a, a, it's very hard to to decide what's going to happen on a binary event. Heads, I, heads I win; tails, I lose. Or maybe I do. Maybe I don't. Uh, we've seen a lot of people, a couple things, markets have really kind of shook off all of that. Look at natural gas today. You oh. would have thought that natural gas would have been through the roof because they weren't selling it to Europe anymore. We're, at, we're all coming up on uh, one-year lows and natural gas, all that stuff. So the market is telling you it doesn't care about that situation when it comes to natural gas right now. And also it hasn't really affected uh, the grain prices as much as everybody had thought. That you know, this is going to be terrible. We're going to have a shortage. We haven't had that, so a lot of the best laid plans did not work. I would think if that war was to get solved, you'd probably see prices drop just like a knee jerk because people can think, okay, more supply is coming. Well, you said during the show, if I caught what I think you were saying, is that
0: oh yeah, they've made all those targets and quotas and they've filled all those sales, so things have moved. The mechanism is there. Yes, just not maybe as free as it once was. Last thing is an economic thing, large question uh, to close our plus here real quick. Uh, Bradley in Nebraska, <laughs> real quick. Attending UNL in the early 1990s, Dr. James Kendrick taught about the John Deere low, a theory that prices in March are depressed because of farmers selling grain to make land, rent, and farm equipment payments. Is the John Deere low still
1: relevant? I don't know if it's relevant with interest rates being as low they have for the past uh, few years. Um, I think John Deere also has its own financing program. I don't think that's as big as an issue as it is now. And I, I think, the, and I would, I would say this, if those payments are due, those are coming up, I think it's I'm more concerned about cash rent payments and also input input payments. But yeah, I could say that. I mean, and again, if, if you see a dip in prices, you can always say, yeah, that's because you know farmers <laughs> finally decided to sell. Farmers sure didn't want to sell at the end of the year. Why? Because they didn't want to pay taxes on it. Let's wait. That was a great opportunity at the end of the year and it, it didn't last very long in the beginning of the year. So I would, I would agree with that on, on, on principle. Um, but at the end of the day, with interest rates still relatively low, I don't know if it's that big of an impact. Holding number fifty-eight, Chris Robinson. Number 50. Again, number fifty. Fifty.
0: Yeah, Sorry, I knew okay. it was a center. It had to be a five-zero. Chris Robinson. Thank you. Appreciate your time. Thank you, sir. All right, that'll do it. Next week, we are going to look at high school students taking a class that helps return uh, dividends back to their classroom. And Ted Seifert is going to be with us. We'll see you next time. Bye bye.